Good morning, everyone. I'm Naomi, and I'm one of the students here that attends our middle school ministry here that happens every Friday evenings. And for today, I'll be reading for you Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. Please read along with me. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard of him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of the Lord. Now let's look him up, our youth director, Todd, to give us our message for today. Thank you so much, Naomi. Great job, great job. Well, hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome to South Bay Community Church. My name is Todd, and I'm the youth director, so I have the joy of helping to serve and to lead our middle school and our high school ministries, and I'm really excited to share God's word with all of you this morning, and happy Labor Day weekend. Uh, for those of you here in person, glad that you're here. All of you, our church family joining online, also thankful that you're joining us. And church, we're going to be continuing in our series in the book of Ephesians. And so like Naomi read, we're going to be taking a look at Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. And to be honest, these past weeks, uh, as I was preparing this message, I like to do some message prep at home. And when I'm at home, I really like to be comfy. I like to be as comfortable as I can. And what does that look like? Well, for me, that looks like wearing a tank top uh, with basketball shorts. And this past week, my wife, Nicole, I love how she's so honest. Um, and she was quick to point out how my tank tops started having holes in them, how some of them are just almost ripped completely on the sides, how they're old and I should get rid of them. But even though they're old, even though they have holes in them, I don't want to throw them away. I'm just used to them. They're, they're comfy. I've been used to wearing them for so long. And maybe some of you are like me. You have that one piece of clothing, something in your closet you know is worn out, you know is a little outdated, and yet for some reason, it's hard to get rid of. And that is what our passage is going to speak about today. That's what it's going to address. Some of us may unknowingly or maybe intentionally be holding on to an old way of thinking, holding on to an old way of living before we knew Christ. But as we come to know Christ, shouldn't that change us? And so I believe Paul answers a big question here in this passage. How does knowing Christ change how we live? How does knowing Jesus change the way that we live? And I think he's going to answer that in these next eight verses. But before we dive deeper in the text, let's come before God first. And let's ask him to teach us today. Will you pray with me, church? Father God, thank you for this time you've given us. Lord, thank you for every single person here, in person, online. God, it's by no accident that they are here to hear you and your word, God. And I know, uh, I may not know exactly what week they're coming from. It could have been the best week, a really good one, or it could have been a really hard week. It could have been rough. And so God, I pray that you would meet us where we are at. 
God, we look to you. Open our hearts. Open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear your word and your truth. God, we thank you. We love you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, today I know that some of you are here for the very first time. And if you're a guest, if you're visiting, uh, man, we're so thankful that you're here. Uh, we want to know you. We want to get to know your name. And I know for some of us, maybe you're here and church makes you nervous. Maybe you just came because your family came or made you come, or maybe you're here because of a friend. And you might be nervous because maybe you know nothing about God or you've never really opened up the Bible before. And if that's you today, I just want to let you know you're in the right place. And we really are thankful that you're here. I know that for some of us, maybe you're here after a long break. Like it's been a while since you've been here at church. Maybe for you recently, you've come to accept and uh, acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And praise God if that's the case. But also praise God for those of you that I know have been walking closely with the Lord for a long time now. I believe that this passage speaks to all of us in our lives. And you know, God really put this on my heart. Although we may have all walked in here, the same place, the same time around 11, the fact is that we are all walking in different places when it comes to our relationships with God. And so as we read through these eight verses, my hope is that you would truly consider this question. How does knowing Christ change the way that we live? Well, let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians 4. Uh, we're gonna be taking a look again at verse 17. If you have your Bibles, you can open it up. If not, we'll have it up on the screen. Let's read it together. Ephesians 4, 17. Now this I say, and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. And so here the author Paul, he's actually speaking in response to what was shared in the previous verses. So last weekend, Pastor Greg, he mentioned how we are to walk in the way of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, by pursuing unity in the body of Christ. And this passage also ties to the whole first half of this letter, all three chapters, establishing the Ephesians' identity in Christ because of what he's done, saving us by his grace, both Jews and Gentiles, under one family in the name of Jesus because of his death and because of his resurrection. And so now Paul, he's encouraging believers at that time to no longer walk or to stop walking as the Gentiles do. What does that mean? Stop walking like how the Gentiles were walking. Well, in the original text, the Greek word for walking also meant living. And so Paul is telling the believers in Ephesus to stop walking or living like the Gentiles. Gentiles being the people group Paul was called by God to share the gospel with. And this term Gentile can be better understood as someone who's non-churched, an unbeliever, maybe someone who's non-Christian. And so Paul is saying to stop living like those who are not believers, those that do not know God, to not live in light of the surrounding culture, but to walk differently than those around them. And reading this verse made me think back to my first time in New York. I don't know who's been to New York here, but me and my wife, we went on a vacation a couple years ago and I will always remember our first day there. As soon as we got there, we went and we walked 
to go get food. Because that's what you do in New York. You just walk everywhere. And so, of course, since we're from SoCal, from the South Bay, uh, we've lived in the Torrance area for our whole lives. When we were walking down the streets in New York and we found ourselves at a stoplight and saw this sign, naturally, we stopped walking. We just stopped. But as soon as we stopped, all of a sudden I see one person go past us and then another person and another person. And you know, last time I checked that red hand meant stop. It didn't mean, hey, walk faster or hey, you can keep going. No, but it was crazy. More people kept walking past us, some barely even looking up from their phones to check oncoming traffic. And you know, sure, there weren't many cars like super close by, but you can see them coming on their way. And so it wasn't until we saw this sign that me and my wife started to cross the street. But of course, the longer we stayed there on vacation, the more we wanted to fit in. Didn't want to stand out as these tourists from Torrance. No, we wanted to be like the New Yorkers. And so we started to walk just like everyone else. Started to think like everybody else. And that red hand, it started to become more of a suggestion. Like you could stop or you could just walk faster and then you'll get to the other side. Right? As long as you're not in any danger, we started to think and walk like those around us. And in verse 17, Paul, he's warning us about this way of thinking. This tension of not wanting to be different from everybody else. Wanting to fit in with the surrounding culture. Not wanting to stand out. And I believe that's a tendency for Christians today. We want to show the world, hey, I know we're Christian, but we're not so different. Look at us. We want the approval. We don't want to offend other people. Even at the expense of compromising what we believe the Bible says is true. And yet Paul is arguing, no, we should be different as followers of Christ. We should no longer be walking as Gentiles do. Our walks, the way that we live, should point to the God that lives inside of us as believers. And so let's think about that big question again. How does knowing Christ change the way we live? Well, your first Takeaway truth, we call it a tat, something that hopefully sticks with you, helps you to remember God's word. We walk differently than the world. When we come to know Christ, changes how we walk. We start to walk differently than the world, differently than those around us. And before we look into how we walk differently, let's take a look into why we are to walk differently. Paul, he describes those that do not know God, the Gentiles, and how they walk. Let's take a look at Ephesians 4, 18 to 19. It says, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of of impurity. And so here, Paul, he's painting a picture of how the Gentiles live, those that were not a part of the Christian community. And they've chosen this lifestyle that is opposite of what God wants for them. It says that they are darkened in their understanding, meaning they are being closed off to the truth. Their eyes are blind to be able to see who Jesus is, what Jesus has done. It says alienated, which means separated from the life of God. There is distance between 
them and God. Ignorance due to their hardness of heart, rejecting God, not wanting to know him personally. And this might seem harsh. This might be harsh, but for good reason. Paul is actually addressing the Christians who were not living as if they actually knew who Christ was. Those that were acting like the Gentiles, walking like those that do not believe. And verse 19 talks about being callous. And one of the first things that came to my mind when I saw the word callous uh, was this picture, picture of someone playing a guitar. So those of you that have played musical instruments before, you might have experienced this. I remember learning how to play the bass guitar for the very first time and starting to grow callous on my fingers. And what that is, it's the hardening of the skin on your fingertips because of the use over time. Something that's developed, it causes you to feel less pain and it takes away the sensitivity in a certain area. And scripture is pointing to callous people who have given themselves up to sensuality, self-indulgence, to practice every kind of impurity, and we see it today. We see it in the culture around us. People are more likely to worship sex or sexuality over worshiping God. The thing that God created himself is what many people, even some Christians, have become callous to. Fixating on what we want in the moment, these temporary pleasures, this lust, thinking, as long as it feels good, don't worry about it not realizing that we're feeding a sinful desire that gets hungrier the more that we feed it. Hearts that have been hardened towards a certain sin or an addiction. You know, maybe for some of us here, it's being numb to the media that we consume, that we become callous to, even though we know we're not supposed to be watching that. Or for some of us, maybe it's gossiping behind closed doors, behind people's backs, certain sin we become insensitive to. We may not even see certain things as being sinful. I know that for some of us here, it could be boasting about getting drunk last weekend, about that party that you went to, how good of a time you had, how you got so hammered you don't even remember it. And yet, does that show others the difference that Christ makes in our life? Or does that make others question why we aren't much different than them? How does knowing Christ change the way that we live? Well, check out what Paul says in verse 20 to 21. He talks about what comes from this personal relationship that we have with Jesus. It's a response to how the believers were living. Ephesians 4, 20 to 21, it says, but that is not the way you learn Christ. That is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. So Paul here, he reminds the believers in Ephesus, hey, you've learned a different way. It's a contrast between non-Christian thinking and living and how we are now to live because we now know God. But I know for some of us here, maybe you don't have a personal relationship with God. And if that's you today, this is my challenge for you. I pray and hope that you would just consider you would consider what a relationship with Jesus would look like and how it could change your life forever. Especially seeing how Paul, he highlights those with a personal relationship with Christ. How because of this relationship, there's a new identity. There's a new life in Christ. 
And maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking and you've never realized that's something I've been longing for. And the same is true today for us as believers. Our goal is to become more and more like Christ. And it says that you were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. What were we taught? We were taught how to walk differently than the world. This is the how. So take a look at Ephesians 4.22. What were they taught? They were taught to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. This has the same exact idea as putting off or putting on clothing. It's the thought of changing into something or into someone. And Paul, he's calling believers to rid themselves of their former way of living, these deceitful desires. Maybe it's a sinful trait you know you are to take off, influences, old habits that need to be put away. And this is an ongoing process of putting off the old self. And what does that mean for us today? Well, it means that putting off your old self is not just a one-time event. It's not just something that happens during conversion when you put your faith in Christ or baptism. No, putting off your old self is not just a single event, but rather putting off your old self every single day, daily. It's a process. And you know, church, I'm really looking forward to um, next weekend because like we saw earlier, I think we have a slide to show you all the baptism candidates, everyone that is choosing to publicly declare their faith in Christ. And we're so excited for them uh, next weekend. But, you know, next weekend happens to be very special uh, for me because there's someone there, this very special person, um, I think we'll highlight it. My dad is actually getting baptized next weekend. No, praise God, praise God. Um, some of you may not even know his name is Brian. You just see grandpa or Todd's dad on his name tag. He's the guy that might drive you in a cart one day or the other. But man, uh, to be honest, church, it's been like my mom, my sister and I, we've been praying for a long time. And it's been a process. I can't say it's been one single moment, but it's every single moment that God has been growing in his heart and growing his faith that has led him to this point. And church, I'm so proud of all the students we have a picture highlighting some of our students from our middle school and high school ministry. Uh, they have just decided to publicly declare how Jesus is their king, and I'm so proud. And man, I have the privilege of walking with them week in and week out, and it is amazing to see the process, how God grows them every single year. And yet every single year when baptisms come around, I have this one big prayer. I always pray this. I pray that they would continue to put off their old self. Because I know, as soon as you come out of the water, you're gonna have to continually choose to walk with the Lord. It doesn't stop there, it starts there, if anything. It doesn't just stop there, you have to continually choose to put off your former way of living. And you know, I don't know about you, but reading this verse kind of frustrated me a little bit. I got a sense of frustration, why? Because I'm sure some of you are here and you might have been thinking the same thing. I believe in God, but I keep going back to that one sin. Like I do, I believe in God, but I keep going back to that one sinful behavior. And I understand I'm supposed to put off the old self, but it's not easy. I wish I could just stop doing that sin. 
And it might be tempting to read this verse and think scripture is saying this, hey, put off your old self, try harder. You're a Christian, do better. Just do more. But it's not just about stopping a behavior. You don't have to be Christian to stop a behavior. The difference is we have the Holy Spirit that changes our lives altogether. It's about being transformed from the inside out. It starts with this whole new way of thinking. And what does that look like? Well, we can read together Ephesians 4.22. I added 23 at the end. It says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And listen to this. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. It does not say be renewed in the spirit of your behavior and just what you do. No, when we come to know God, the Holy Spirit enters into our lives as believers and the Spirit changes us from the inside out. He renews our way of thinking, which results into behavioral change. It results in living differently than when we lived before we knew God. Habits, addictions, lifestyle that we may not have even seen as sin or bad before, the Spirit brings into conviction, seeing our need to repent and turn away from sin that was separating us from God. And we see this in a parallel passage, Colossians 3, 9 to 10. It says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, and here it is again, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. The Holy Spirit reshapes our way of thinking. Putting off our old self, renewing our mind, leads to denying of deceitful desires, saying no to our former way of living. And this is the reason why in earlier verses, Paul, he emphasizes a difference internally for us as followers. If we take a look back at Ephesians 4, 17 to 19, I underlined a couple words just to take note of. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds, that's internal. They are darkened in their understanding, again, internal, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And so there is a clear emphasis on a difference in thinking. God, he opens our eyes to what was darkened before in our understanding. Now we can see Jesus for who he is and what he has done for us. We've been given a new perspective. We aren't alienated anymore. We're brought into relationship with a God that loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die so that you can be saved, forgiven from your sins. It's by God's grace and our faith in Christ that we can spend eternity with God, not alienated from him, not apart from him. And God, he softens our hearts that were hardened before and takes us from being callous to sin to being convicted of sin. And Paul is ultimately encouraging Christians in Ephesus to allow the spirit of God to renew or change their way of thinking. And so how does knowing Christ change the way that we live. 
It's the second takeaway. We allow the Spirit to renew our way of thinking. When we come to know Jesus, we allow the Spirit to renew, to reshape, to change our way of thinking. And you know, as the youth director for the past couple of years, I also volunteered and helped within the high school ministry for for years before that. But uh, I've noticed one thing that happens within the youth ministry. Without a doubt, always one thing. Students I meet early on in middle school, um, they eventually grow up. They do. And with that, they eventually change. And they start to think a little bit differently than when they were in the sixth grade. And oh man, parents, you understand, I hope, because... Those are your kids that I'm talking about. But they do change. And I get it. We've all been there before, right? I I think back to middle school, Todd. And when it came to deciding what I wanted to wear to school, I would just choose any basketball shorts, a clean T-shirt, whatever shoes were the comfiest, and I'd be out the door. Like two minutes, tops. That's how long it took me to change. Fast forward to freshman year in high school, my thinking started to change a little bit. Um, There was this new way of thinking about what I wanted to wear to school because I started to care about what others thought about me. My eyes were opened. I was self-conscious about my appearance. And so instead, during that time, I I took time to choose which skinny jeans I wanted to wear. Um, Students, that's like baggy jeans now for you, basically. Uh, Do I wear my slip-on Vans? Do I wear my Nike SBs? Do I wear that new shirt from PacSun or from Beachworks that I got? And then choosing between like three different outfits only to choose the first one that I tried on. Spending all this time deciding what I wanted to wear. And you know, back then, my thinking changed. And that led to what I decided to put on. What I decided to wear to school. And when we start a relationship with God, as we put our faith in Him, our thinking will change The Spirit renews our mind, and when that happens, we decide what we want to put on. Ephesians 4.24 says this, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. To put on the new self. It's a result of ridding of ourselves, of our old identity before we knew God, and instead living in a way that conforms to our new identity in Christ. And you know, church, recently, um, I know I was lagging a bit, but I got my real ID, and I think we have a picture showing my old driver's license picture and my new driver's license picture. Let's see if you can tell the difference. Um, But my old driver's license was about to expire, and I needed to get it renewed. And yet, man, how silly would it be if I still took around my old driver's license? Even though I've been given a new ID that shows who I am today, like my old ID says, I'm 5'10", 150 pounds. That's way off. I'm six feet now, not 5'10". It says that I live at a completely different address than where my home is today. If I needed to show proof of my identification, this old ID wouldn't work. Why? Because that's not who I am anymore. I might look similar, but I'm so much different. The old is gone and the new is here. And in that same way, as believers, we have a new ID, a new self that we need to put on. We might look similar, but the Spirit of God has changed us and we are so different. We've been made new. 
We are transformed. And this world is no longer our home. We have a new address. Our home is in heaven. We have to choose to put on the new self, which means becoming more and more like Christ every single day. And I love how at the end of verse 24, uh, we can read it, Ephesians 4, 24. It says, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. These two words summarize a life that is obedient to God. Paul, he wants the Christians in Ephesus to live their new lives in Christ, not just one day, but daily. And you know, many of you have probably heard this term before. Um, If you haven't, uh, that's totally okay. But this term, Sunday best. And what that is, it refers to a person's best clothing that they usually wear on Sunday. So basically wearing your nicest outfit that you would wear to church on Sunday. For example, this is one of my nicest button-ups in my closet. I made sure to choose like nice jeans for today, some clean shoes. This is my Sunday best. But you know, I want to go a step further because I know all of us here can think of that one outfit that we saved for this weekend or saved for Sunday. But I want to go a step further and talk not just about the clothing we choose to wear, but how it's easy to put on our new self at church on Sundays or maybe even leading up to the weekend, you're like, I need to put off my old self because I'm gonna go to church with my family or because I know I'm serving on the weekend or because I'm going to that ministry or fellowshipping with my small group. But then right after church, when you leave service, maybe when you get in the car or as soon as you get home, you go back to your old way of thinking and living because you're not at church. You might be tempted to feel like, hey, it's okay to let my guard down now. It's not Sunday anymore. And church, I want to be honest with all of you. The same is true for me at times. I know I talked to some of the pastors and they have understood this and experienced this as well. But right when I get home, after sharing God's word with all of you, honestly, what do I do? I physically change out of my Sunday best. I get that old ripped tank top, put that on. I really don't want to do much. I just want to rest. And those things aren't bad. But what is bad is when I spiritually change out of my Sunday best. And for whatever reason, I feel like, hey, it's easy to let my guard down. And that's when the enemy puts certain tempting thoughts into my mind. Like, hey, Todd, you deserve to take it easy. Like, it doesn't matter if you sin now. You finish preaching. It's okay. Feeling tempted to live like I don't even know God. And church, I do my best. God has been so good. Uh, I'm prayerful throughout the whole week leading up to preaching, to seek him, to prepare what he wants me to share on my heart. But I do find myself at times tempted on Sunday night to go back to my former sin, to go back to certain habits. And maybe some of you feel the same way. Maybe it's after a church retreat or after a church service. Or for some of you, maybe it's after you got baptized, you had this spiritual high only for the devil to bring you back down low. Maybe throughout the week, it's after you finish that big project at work. Or students, it's after finals or a huge test that you just had. Or for those of you that are athletes, maybe it's after a big game or a competition. When you see God come through, that's when you let your guards down thinking it's okay to go back to that sinful behavior as long as it's before Friday or before the weekend. 
but I just have to be good after Friday. But church, when we're not actively putting off our old self and pursuing Christ, that's when that old way of thinking starts to creep back in. And that's when after putting on your new self, Saturday and Sunday, trying to be Christ-like, you find it easier to live like your old self Monday through Friday. Like you don't even know Christ. You change out of your Sunday best spiritually. Thinking, hey, I deserve a break from being Christian just for one day. Or it's just hard to be Christian at work. No one else is. Or at school, can't I just take a break? I don't have any friends that follow Christ. Or maybe just for this one night, I don't have to be a Christ follower. But church, I want to remind you what God has reminded me when I face those situations. It's a verse that we read earlier, Ephesians 4, 20 to 21. But that is not the way you learn Christ. That's not the way we learn Christ. Assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Church, that is not who we are anymore. This passage is what helps me remember what the devil wants me to forget. I have a new idea. When you find yourself in that situation, you want to go back to your former way of living, I challenge you to just take time to think about it and remember what we were taught. We've learned a different way. We've been taught to put off our old self. We've been taught to allow the Spirit of God to renew our thinking and to put on our new self in Christ. There is no need to go back to how you used to live because that's not who you are anymore. Because now you know Christ. And knowing Jesus should lead us to living our new identities out. Not just on Sundays, but every single day of the week. How does knowing Christ change the way that we live? It's your last takeaway. We live out our new identity. When we come to know Jesus, We've been given new life. We don't have our old idea anymore. We have a new identity in him. We live out our new identity. And church, I hope that for those of you that might be sitting here today and you may not know God or have a personal relationship with him, I hope that what his word has taught you today, I pray that it would bring up this reality of how important a relationship with Christ is. How because we are all sinners, we are all in need of a savior and that's who Jesus is. And some of you might be sitting here today thinking, you know, I've been living in this sin, in this certain habit for way too long. I feel like I'm just marked by this sin. It stained me. But I want to encourage you, if you're thinking that way, there is nothing, there is no sin that the blood of Christ cannot wash away clean because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And for those of you that feel far from God, if you feel alienated, I hope that you would know you can always go back to Christ and his arms are open wide, ready to welcome you back. Regardless of where you are at in your walks with God, I pray that we continuously put off our old self, allow the spirit to renew our way of thinking and put on our new identity in Christ. Amen, church. Amen. Let's close this time in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for just your word. God, you are so 
good. Lord, I pray for those that might be sitting here that do not know you, that maybe this is the first time they've ever thought about a personal relationship with you. And so if that's the case, God, I pray that they would consider the cross. And Lord, for those that might feel alienated, feel like there's distance between them and you, I pray that you would remind them that your arms are open wide. God, that you love them so much. And Lord, I pray for those that are walking closely with you. Give them perseverance. Help us to continue putting our old self off. God, we ask that your spirit would change us from the inside out and that we would live these new identities in Christ because this is who we are now. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your grace. God, thank you for your love. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.